Welcome to the Quality Meet Scotland podcast. Industry updates and best practice to promote, support, develop and protect the Scottish red meat sector. Hello and thanks very much for choosing to listen to this. I'm Mark Stephen. We've been doing these QMS podcasts for a couple of years now and time after time we came across the importance of benchmarking, of measuring, knowing what you did last year and the year before and working out whether this year is actually better or worse. Data is important. Used correctly, it can make your farm much more efficient. It can actually save you money. Lawrence Martin is farm manager at Cabeth Home Farm in Stirlingshire. He's been a contractor and a shepherd, but he has a particular passion for technology as it relates to the livestock industry. John Farger is the founder of AgriWeb. John's a fifth-generation farmer and farms a small, modest 400,000-acre spread in the North Flinders Range of South Australia with 2,500 cattle and 10,000 sheep. Thank you both very much for agreeing to do this. Thanks for having us on. Yes, absolutely. It's a, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. John, for a start, give me a bit more of a description about your spread. Yeah, absolutely, and um, and appreciate that for a lot of your listeners, uh, that the size and scale could be could be significantly different. But but um, as you mentioned, uh, you know, I grew up on a on a sheep and cattle station, um, not quite in the middle of Australia, but uh, but almost in the middle, in a, in a very arid outback, um, remote location. And and yeah, we're we're on about four hundred thousand acres. There. I've been there for about five generations. It's kind of split into into two. I guess soil types really one being you know pretty sandy and arid where the, where the cattle run and and the other area is is a bit harder and stonier and a bit more mountainous not like the uh like the beautiful green rolling hills of of the UK but but much more arid than that you know to put it into perspective we have about seven and a half inches of rainfall I guess so she's she's pretty dry and very much a, a boom and bust environment you know when it's good you get kind of summer rainfalls and floods and you can kind of make the most of it, and then and then when it's dry and, and long periods of drought, you need to you need to lock it up and look after the environment so that you can bounce back when the times are good. So uh, my folks are still there, and um, and very much a part of my life. Uh, been very passionate about the about the industry, particularly the livestock industry, and I guess growing up there was a big reason and part of of you know what's said about the foundations of agri, which I'm sure we'll, we'll dig into in a little bit more detail on this session. We're going to do it now, as a matter of fact. <laughs> tell, t- tell me about AgriWeb. You know, how does it work? What is it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So as I said, you know, it's, it, the creation of it came out of my, my experiences growing up and the two other, um, two other business partners. There's three of us as, as co-founders in AgriWeb and, and AgriWeb is, is, you know, a, a livestock business management platform. We're a software platform, but really the focus is, is around operational productivity for livestock and mixed farming businesses. The crux of all of this is, is how you started this session around data and, and how that can be utilized to, to make you more you know, productive, efficient, and profitable, and ultimately sustainable around all of that. But you know, in order to be able to, to be able to make decisions off data, you've got to collect it. Uh, and that's the core of what we do. You know, we are the, the core of what we do is is record keeping across the farm. So it's around you know making a, a very simple and easy and intuitive tool for the farmer to go about their business. They pull out their mobile phone, and on that is the Agrib app, which then collects all of those day to day records across that livestock and mixed farming business. And you know they can then use that information to make decisions in the palm of the hand while they're standing in the yards at the crush or or out in the pasture. And then, of course, 
the deeper reports and insights uh, that exist then back in, in the office, uh, being a cloud-based tool, you know, it, it syncs across devices and then you can get home uh, in the office and, and make more of those decisions. So that's a, that's the crux of it is, is really simple intuitive data collection, using that information then to make more informed decisions. You have data to, to solve for not only making better, more informed decisions, but around compliance, which is obviously a, a big a big component here in the UK. And then also how we're using that that uh, information to move our business forward. We founded the business in Australia uh, back in 2014. We always had a view of, of, you know, living for the farmer and delivering tools and solving the needs of the farmer. But we also had a, a global lens and wanted to solve this at scale, um, which we've gone on to do. So we opened up in the UK here in 2018. So we've been here since 2018. And then we opened our office in the US in 2020. So there are three hubs, Australia, UK, and the US. We do service customers in about 16 geographies now, and we have about 17 million animals on the platform. About 13,000 producers use our use our software. Um, so that's that's at a, at a super high level, and and you know look forward to digging into it a bit more as um, as we go through this afternoon. 17 million animals on the platform. That's seriously impressive. Lawrence, how do you use data in your day-to-day farming? Uh, Good question. Data is imperative, really, for us to be able to understand the efficiency of every every animal that we have on the farm, Um, the profitability of farms. Most UK farmers will will certainly empathise is, you know, marginal. So every single animal needs to be able to perform at its, its highest. And we need to make sure all the animals that we're keeping are, are doing just that for us. Um, equally, a very wise man once said to me, don't try and be a livestock farmer, be a grass farmer and your livestock will eat that. And so we also are trying to use AgriWeb to manage our grass growth and um, our rotational grazing system. Um for example, we used uh, we used AgriWeb now for a couple of years, and last year um, we tried to get rid of as much paper as we possibly could. Used AgriWeb and all the data we'd collected over that that couple of years, and we actually culled out 150 um, of our breeding ewes. And for a flock of 350, that's a, that's a massive cull, and that was all based on the the data that we were able to collect through AgriWeb. And through the convenience that you know John described really well, you know, being able to, to take your phone out in in the middle of a field, and and capture the information straight away, instead of having that little bit of paper in, in your pocket or or loads of scribbles on the underside of your arm, <laughs> you're allowed to take it out and uh, and capture the data live. How do you actually input the data? So we are very um, tech focused here so we have manually obviously through the app so we're able just to select the particular animal find it and, and add a record for that animal we also have eid readers on our combi clamp so when the when the animals come up we're able to weigh them scan them uh, and we have the xr 5000 so once all the data is collected on there we can transfer that onto agriweb and we also have a panel reader um or sorry a wand so that if we want to individually scan animals we can we can transfer on that way as well coming back to you john i mean this sounds really interesting but it sounds as if it's something the big boys can use can small scale farmers use this profitably as well oh absolutely we have the beauty of it is we have customers of, of all shapes and sizes you know some of our larger customers have um i think our largest has about six hundred thousand animals on the platform large corporate multiple properties etc cetera, etc cetera. but we also have customers that that have 10 sheep Right, so so it really um it, it really can be suitable to 
to any size operation. And I would also say any sophisticated level as well. You know, we have a, a basic offering, which is which is more around that data collection and, and just being able to remove the, the pencil and paper notebook out of the top pocket. And then more sophisticated tools around the grazing management side, linking into your EID hardware that you can then record weights and, and seamlessly have those integrations. So it's really designed around, you know, the level of, of that producer uh, and ultimately, you know, meeting them at the, the level they're at and then taking them on a journey to help innovate uh, and help move their business forward. And Lawrence, culling 150 animals out of a flock of 350 um, is, is pretty ruthless. I mean, you know, that's, that's impressive stuff. Would you have had the confidence to do that without the hard figures behind it? No, Mark, I don't think I could have said it better. The confidence is exactly what AgriWeb gives you. Is you have the, it's not just an instinct or a feeling or, you know, if I gather these three bits of scrap bits of paper together, it kind of tells me I shouldn't keep that. It tells me that is not right for our system. And it confidently takes that doubt away from you to say, here is the evidence, here's the hard and fast numbers here to say, unfortunately, you know, they've, they're, they're not doing what it is that they need to do for you to be profitable. And Day Tucker, who owns a farm, you know, she's she had some quite extensive data um, gathered in the, uh, and she won't mind me saying, in the old-fashioned way of, of um, pen and paper. And obviously, that can get lost, and it can it can be distorted and rewritten a number of times, and you've got that element of human error. But no, AgriWeb allowed us to very clearly look at what it is that we need our animals to be able to do, and select them without discrimination, really. I did a bit of research into your background, John, and uh, I, mean, I know you did law at university uh, as part of your degree. Do farmers need to, I mean, obviously lawyers think critically, they're, they're trained to analyse, to be critical in the classical sense. Do farmers need to learn that skill? Yeah, I, um, depending on, on which um, environment or crowd, I, I determine whether I bring up my background of being a lawyer or not. It can, it can, it can go both ways. So, so you've you've um, brought that up, regardless of the of the scenario. But yes, I mean, I you know, from a personal perspective, I I went and often and did some professional de- degrees, not because I necessarily wanted to become a lawyer, but I just wanted to to learn how to think differently and and process and professionally. So, so that was, um, but but always had a passion to get back to agriculture, which is which is obviously what I've done. I I think the the, the biggest issue there. I want to come back to something that, that Lawrence just spoke about, um, which I will do, but. The, the point that you're making there is really around farmers need to stop running a farm and start running a business. That's what has to happen. Too many times, you know, it's just, oh, we've been doing this the same way for however long or, or oh, I'm just going about my business and, and actually not looking at with a business lens of what's working, what's not, what's it costing me, what are the inputs versus the outputs, you know, how can I get a handle on cost of production and gross margin? So that you know you have a handle on things from a business perspective, and I think that that's one of my biggest frustrations that I see in the industry. You know, at a global level, I would say I have the opportunity to go and spend time in. I've just come from our US business, and and I'm going back back there later in the year, and it's just this common common thread where we we just need to shift the mindset and shift the industry into running in running these operations as a business. Couple of quick examples I've had when I've since I've, I've been over in the UK, I've been here for a few months, and and I was out at a at a function at, at Harper Adams, and I was speaking to a was that actually a an egg farmer, 
And, you know, he's pretty sizable and, and pretty sophisticated, really, really good operator. And he said to me, he's like, you know, only this year have I just got a handle on my, on my cost of production. You know, we were sort of having a laugh about it over a beer, but it was, it was quite a daunting sort of concept that he was one of the more progressive ones ultimately in the country and, you know, a very large provider of a, of a retailer we're out there with. And, you know, that, that gave a reflection of the rest of the industry because he was leading away and, and he'd only just got a handle on it and it was a multi-generational business. I had another example, you know, I was up at um, the Malvern um, National Sheep Association show earlier in the week and, and, you know, the common thread you talk to people as they walk past the stand is, is they don't have a handle on this from a business perspective. It doesn't mean they're not good farmers. It doesn't mean they're not passionate. It doesn't mean that they're not, you know, in it for the long haul and trying to be good custodians of, of the land or hand it on to the next generation. It's all of those things, absolutely. But the focus and mindset is not around managing and running a business. And, you know, another example that came out of that, there's a farmer of the year at, at some point, I'm not sure what year, and he was lined up to, to determine the next farmer of the year. And he said, look, you know what? It's actually a pretty decision when it gets to panel time because uh, in my mind, there's only one candidate out of all the applicants. And the reason there's only one candidate is because in all the applications, there's only one, one here that has a handle on the business aspects of the operation, which is, you know, which is cost, inputs, outputs, cost of production. And he said, so therefore it's a pretty easy decision. So look, I think, I think that that's, one of the challenges we have, but also the opportunity. And, and that's what excites me. I think that, you know, we have a huge amount of upside in our industry. We have some challenges, not only what I just described, but, but we have some macro economical and, and environmental challenges ahead of us. We need to produce more. We need to do with being more efficient, using less land with an eye on sustainability. And, you know, I think that, that this really ties into a point that, that Lawrence was just making around what he has done in, in his, his business, right? Lawrence, you're saying, you know, you've, you've culled off 150 because the data just showed that they weren't right for your business. They weren't in the high performance, right? And, and we need to focus on our high performance. If you take a step back and look at the global livestock herd, sheep, cattle herd, and you think about, you know, that 150 in, in your herd there is, is making, in, in your flock rather, you know, is making up, you know, 30%. If you took that 30% globally and we remove 30% of the underperforming animals that exist in our system, we would go a long way to delivering upon our sustainability requirements in, in terms of working with animals that actually are productive and produce and removing the underperformers. And the, the net result of that from a macro perspective is, is pretty astounding. So you know, that example you mentioned there, Lawrence, is, is bang on where I really believe we've got an opportunity at scale to have a huge, huge impact uh, and embrace yeah. the opportunities in front of us. I agree more. I mean, to, to, to big up AgriWeb a little bit more than uh, than I possibly could. I'm a big advocate of, of the system. I think, um, you know, I didn't jump jump straight to AgriWeb and, and choose it without shopping around. AgriWeb is far beyond uh, a farm management program. It is very much a business management program. And I think that's what really drew me to AgriWeb initially. Um, and then spending time with, with, the, with the app and the system itself, being able to put the, you know, the, the cost of goods sold really into the animal. Every time you, you doze it or jag it or have to do a treatment, you can put a cost 
to that particular animal and exactly see how efficient it is, not just its prolificacy, but how its efficiency matches what it's cost to produce it. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that we've been able to improve the bottom line on the farm. And, and actually, if there's anything that can excite me more than a brand new tractor, and that's exactly what we've just purchased because of, and, and I will credit AgriWeb for our ability to manage the business. Um, a little bit better and get us to a position where we can start reinvesting in more economical machinery um, and being able to do things a, a lot more self-sufficiently because of what AgriWeb has been able to do for us. Let me take you back before AgriWeb, though, because you know, what John was saying is you need to start running these things as businesses, not as farms. When you, Lawrence, went into the industry in the first place, were you thinking, I want to be a farmer or were you thinking, I want to be a businessman? I don't think you can identify yourself as one or the other. I think farming is very much a, a lifestyle and it's a mindset. But to run a farm, you need to be a businessman. So a good farmer and a good businessman is, you know, the two hats that you need to put on um, to be able to to be successful. But, uh, you know, the, the, the romantic side of, of me was, uh, you know, in love with the whole lifestyle of being a farmer. But from my background, I understood that it's still a business. I mean, and that was right from the off. There wasn't a point when you suddenly thought, oh, hang on a second, there's more to this than, you know, lovely sunrises in the morning. No, absolutely not. You know, you, you go in with, the, you know, the romantic idea. That's where a lot of people start their uh, their passions. And, you know, absolutely. I went in thinking I can I can have some sheep in a field and a few cows, maybe some chickens and make a living and have some children and it'll be a wonderful lifestyle so no that you know the idea of the business elements and the, and the costs involved and and how you can uh, stay in the black is definitely something that creeps in and um, you, you come to terms with the you know the small margins of, of becoming a farmer is um, you know you have to ha- you have to be very much a businessman at, at heart we were talking earlier about confidence, John, you know, in terms of, you know, the data can give you confidence to act decisively. But are there also confidence issues when it comes to adopting new technology? I mean, if you're trying to introduce this to farmers who are not digitally minded. Yeah, I still think the, the biggest barrier to, to adoption ultimately is around is around change management. And, you know, a, a a similar question that some you know that, that you get is oh you know who are your biggest competitors and and absolutely that you know as Lawrence said he had a look around there's others out there doing similar similar things but I still think that, that the biggest competitor out there is is pen and paper slash mindset and change management you know there's enormous amount of kind of education and awareness that has to happen in this market to to do two things one is to is to really outline and and identify the problem so people actually can recognize the problem and then want to go and do something about it and then you know help present some solutions so i still think we're you know we've got a long way to go we're not at the point now where the bulk of the industry just accepts that they need tools and solutions to help to help run their business it's it's still like well why do i need that i've you know i've been doing it like this forever and and if it ain't broke don't fix it type of thing so how do you support new entrants we have a huge focus on, you know, what we call customer or, or farm success. So, you know, it's it's about taking people through the journey of, of, as I said, helping them identify problems they have with their business and, and potential solutions that we have in our platform. And then, you know, when someone joins us, it's, it's around helping them onboard, implement, get up and running. And then we break it into what we call, you know, the ongoing support, but ongoing success. And, and what that means is ongoing support is, you know, 
if someone's got a problem and, and they've just got a quick question, you know, we've got a number of ways to help support people through, you know, a support desk and email and phone and those types of those types of things. And also then from a success perspective, you know, we can we can monitor our customers and make sure that they're engaged, that they're using the product, that they're getting value. Uh, and if not, we can actively reach out to them and help them get back on the journey. So, you know, for us, it's, um, you know, we are a software business. We are, you know, ultimately a uh, kind of a subscription model where, where people pay annual and, and monthly fees. And for us, it's not valuable to anyone in this relationship if they start something and then drop it. We need and want people to continue the UC, see long-term value so we can have the impact that, that we're setting out to have. And and look, honestly, you know, we have an extremely low, what we call a churn rate, which is, which is, you know, the rate of people that would, you know, sign up and, and then and then leave you out. Our churn rate sits at under 1%. I think it's around 0.8%. And I think that that's a testament to to the effort that we do put in on on making sure that, that customers are getting value and, and coming along the journey. And I think it's also a testament to our industry and, and our farming folk, you know, when they make a decision, you know, it's not, it's not a quick win. It's not a it's not a, a quick, not taken lightly, and you know people are willing to to commit to it, roll up the sleeve, and, and give it a crack. So, you know, I think that 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 does provide a very exciting future for 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 us, but but also other other um, players in this industry to see that you know we can take the industry on a journey, very humble, very honest, uh, very trustworthy. You know, bunch of folk we are, and um, if there's value out there to be had, we'll you know we'll look to wrap our arms around it and realize it. Lawrence, this is all about miserability. It's about metrics, benchmarking things, keeping accurate records and so on. So presumably you also know, using this system, whether your profitability has increased, you know, offsetting the cost of the system against it, obviously. Do you have that information? Yes, very much so. Um, the farm is definitely the, the, you know, the bottom line of the farm, being efficient and knowing what animals to keep. Um, which is, is equally as important as what animals not to keep um, has certainly uh, affected our bottom line. All of our sales of, of livestock, both fat animals and, and breeding stock, we implement that into the AgriWeb system so we, could, we can see sort of a rolling account and the costs of, of drugs. So, yeah, AgriWeb has certainly shown us where we spend money, maybe where we hadn't been as, as focused before, and we can see the increase in sales and efficiency. So, yeah, AgriWeb certainly helped in that regard, absolutely. Interesting stuff. Listen, Lawrence Martin and John Fargo, thank you both very much for your time. No problem. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Mark, and thank you, Lawrence, as well, for, for your kind words and, and support uh, as, as a valued customer. Much appreciated. Thank you both. And obviously, thank you very much, too, for choosing to listen to this. This has been a QMS podcast. I'm Mark Stephen. I hope you found it useful. Thank you for listening to the Call to Meet Scotland podcast. For news and to listen back to previous episodes of the podcast, visit qmscotland.co.uk. For Scotch beef, Scotch lamb and specially selected pork recipe videos and inspiration, visit www.scotchkitchen.com or follow Scotch Kitchen on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.